Welcome to Strong Business, Stronger Marriage, where we are your host, Corey and Jojo Rankin. We have talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs and have found the secret sauce to creating a successful business and a happy marriage. We have found that as you take care of your marriage at home, your profits will grow and increase in the business. We help entrepreneurs take care of their marriage. We help couples that are feel like they're losing their marriage all the way to couples that have an amazing marriage. The entrepreneur journey can be lonely, and we will bring on guests that will give you the knowledge, tools, tips that you need to find peace at home in your marriage. Don't give up on your marriage or your business because you really can have a strong business and a stronger marriage. To schedule a complimentary marriage deep dive, go to rfamilystrong.best and it's the letter R, familystrong.best. All right, Strong Business, Stronger Marriage. We are so grateful for you guys and we're grateful to be here today. Our guest has the story of conquer a story of success she's an author she is a mother she's a wife and she's just got a story that will give you a lot of confidence to know that you can endure hard things that you're worth it and that you can have a thriving marriage and a thriving business Fatima go ahead and Fatima Oliver is our guest today go ahead and introduce yourself tell the world about yourself well shoot you said a lot right there (laughs) Um, okay, so I'm Fatima, um, born and raised in Vegas, UNLV, all day long, home with the Carcanian legacy forever, and um, <laughs> we haven't won much since, but that's why I hold on to Carcanian. You want a new um, football stadium? There you go. Right, we got a new stadium, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> I moved away from Vegas shoot, about 10 years ago, I moved to um, Charlotte with my family, and it was a great opportunity for us to grow together, being a newly married, uh, for the second time around, but a newly married couple, creating a blended family, uh, and, and just all that comes with that, and just really learning how to lean on each other. It was a great opportunity for that to occur, because typically when you move away from family in a new town, you're either going to grow together, or you're going to grow apart. So, so uh, Yeah, so, so it really gave us an opportunity to just become one and become friends. So we were in Charlotte for about eight years, and I'm newly relocated to Columbus, Ohio. I am a Panthers fan. I still love Vegas, seven months for my blood, but I represent Panthers. Yes. <laughs> my husband's a Vikings fan, and we figure out how to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like a, a little bit of an intro. I have four boys. I'm the only girl in my home, so I'll say five men are in my home. A lot of testosterone. We know how that is. We have four boys, too. Okay, so you understand. Mm -hmm. And typically when people say, oh, my God, I feel so sorry for you. I'm like, don't feel sorry for me. I'm the queen. What are you talking about? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It's just a lot of dirt that, you know, boys are rough and tough. And then, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I grew up with boys, so I was the only girl out of five boys. So basically, it is poop, uh, fart, and burp. That is the basics of our conversation. If we can throw that in our conversation once a day, then we are loved. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Well, you, you, you are an author. Your, your mother. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about your journey as a author as an entrepreneur absolutely so i wish i could say that it was strategic i wish that i could say you know i really had it planned out and mapped out um, how i wanted this to go 
I, I, I have to be honest and say it was more serendipitous, fortunate accident, or for me, I'm a Christian. So I would say God, I thought I tripped into it, but God had it planned all along. Absolutely. And so my whole life I've, I've, I've enjoyed writing. I remember I was in the seventh grade and, and my article that I wrote to um, President Reagan, he responded back to me and it was a big deal in the, in the review journal. <laughs> I felt like a celebrity. Uh, that was the local Vegas, uh, uh, Vegas um, paper. So it just always has been a passion. But just like a lot of us, uh, we have passions that we stray away from. And so I've had a long life. I've, I feel like I've had two lives. I had a life in the entertainment industry. I gigged around Vegas to my young adult life, like in my 20s. I did a lot of corporate gigs in Vegas, sang on the strip in Vegas a lot, had, um, did um, gospel brunch. Um, was in the EFX show when David Cassidy was here in town a, a long time ago. We had my run on the Las Vegas Strip and wound up singing background for the Righteous Brothers. So that was a second life for me. I sang background and toured for four years. And my um, husband at the time, he also sang and he also gigged on the Strip. And there were times when we worked together. That was very interesting. <laughs> Us working together, you would want it to be. I think any couple wants it to be a cohesive atmosphere. But for us, it was inward competition, it seemed. Our goal wasn't the same. And so for me, I thought, hey, whatever we do out, whatever we do with our jobs, we bring the money into the home, right? For him, he viewed me as competition. I can say that because he, it, he even though we sang completely different, you know, he could he could bring a house down with his vocals. I I I could sing, um, I could lead, but I really felt more comfortable in the background. I seemed to get more of the lasting, I guess, some higher profile opportunities than he did. And I think that just bothered him. And so for a lot of our our, our marriage was kind of centered around singing and the industry. And I also think that that was one of the things that helped to tear it down too. It was just that inner competition. And so that was in relation to, to how your podcast is set up and the platform that your podcast brings to life. It just really made me think about that when the invitation came for me to be on your show is just, just how those things, those things that we don't talk about, such a horrible rise of a relationship. Touching onto that, that was like my, my other life. And then I feel like I've lived a completely different, another <laughs> life and 14 years ago and so now I'm a mother of four I have a wonderful husband who supports me he's awesome sauce he's like literally my best friend he gets on my nerves but I love him to death <laughs> so, like you know he's really just my best friend and um, one of the things that I feel like I picked up is that he doesn't put his thumb on me to dictate what I can do with my future but instead he he's like that wind beneath my wings and helps me to be able to just go forward and do whatever I want and the book was a part of that been through a lot of difficulties in my life you stated that a bit in the beginning gone through shoot you name it I feel like I got a story about it I've gone through um physical abuse as a child I'm being beaten by my stepfather I've been molested by a stepfather at the age of 11 um, I've had to live with my perpetrator. I've had to live with him twice after he was sentenced to jail. And when he got released, he came back to live in my home for twice while I was under my mother's roof. That will always kind of boggle my mind, that permission to have that occur. A very confusing time as a teenager, trying to, I wasn't even a teenager, so I would say 11, 12, just trying to figure out 
how do you, how do you figure that out? Like, how do you live in that space? So there were moments where if I had to figure it out, you know, and so I learned to hold a lot of stuff in. I learned how to be more my, my own best friend, deal with a lot of stuff internally to press emotions. And I also learned how to be a great deflector and a great diffuser, kind of like codependency, trying to make everybody in the room happy. Because if I made everybody in the room happy, there wouldn't be arguments and there wouldn't be abuse. And so um, I learned that very early in my life. So as I grew up into adulthood, that was just my way. I didn't know how to how to communicate. I didn't know how to sit down and, and deal with that conflict. That was just so far from me. It was whatever will make it go away. I'll, you know, I'll diffuse it. And and and, and even um, beyond that, just trying to move on into a marriage where I came from such a brokenness. I moved. Actually, was trying to escape the possibility of having to live with my perpetrator for a third time. I don't. I didn't know if it would happen or not, but just the idea of it helped me to see, at least I thought it was, the opportunity of escape into the arms of my knight in shining armor, who actually wound up being my abuser. I mean, he, he physically abused me in my marriage for nine years. And, and that was, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but it was something that I was already conditioned to take because of how I grew up. So I didn't fight it. I got to a place within myself where I said, this must be how God wants me to live my life. And so I'm just going to live like this until he significant people that I told about the abuse early on, but when they never, when they didn't tell me to leave, which, you know, everybody's in their own space and in their own mind space and condition in their own way. But because I did not hear at 21, 22 to leave, I just thought, okay, well then I'll stay. And so I married him. Did you think that some of it was normal? Absolutely. Stuff because you had grown up with it and then it yeah. come. And yeah. I think that's something that's important to point out. So Corey and I, obviously we coach couples, but we never support abuse. But it's interesting that when you're in the situation, it's often not even viewed because a lot of people don't know anything different. Yeah. And, and, and it would be easy for us to say like, didn't you see this? But at the same time, like if you've, if you've grown up with it, if you've dealt with it your whole life, and like you had said, like you thought, yeah. this is just my path. So I'm, I'm thankful that you brought that up. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I had an incident. I'll just, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Corey. Oh, I was just going to say that the, the listeners can't see the Zoom video, but it's very clear that she's been able to process a lot of those difficult challenges. And then she talks highly of her, her husband now and how he's her best friend and supports her. If you guys could see the smile that we can see on the screen and just see <laughs> the power of an individual that is very tough, that has been able to endure great challenges, but now she has endured those pains and she has an individual that is her best friend. So tell absolutely share, share what you were going to share and then share a little bit about just how much that friend that loves and takes care of you and supports you has really allowed you to become more <laughs> okay okay so i know i'm getting all giddy okay so uh, it's well, okay to get giddy this is a this is a love show right i get giddy just sitting next to Corey. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a modest guy and i'm so an extrovert but i wasn't always i really wasn't and, and that's about for me that was god bringing me out and unfortunately sometimes when god is working on you and bringing you out of all of that mess and giving you a voice Folks don't like that, right? 
So <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, people in my, some relatives, my family uh, or, and my ex-husband, they didn't like that. They didn't like that change. But to your point, Jojo, I was going to say I had an incident where um, we got into we got into an argument or disagreement in a car and we were in a i'll say we were in a residential neighborhood but still we were we were in the car and, and we was in a, a disagreement and he my ex-husband started to punch me in my head and to push my head my head down into the cart into the seat and then i was screaming get me out let me out of the car let me out of the car so i tried to open up the door and it got a little ajar and he said well, you want to get out get out and pushed me out of the car and wow. so a, a woman was in the neighborhood walking her dog. She saw it happen. She ran over to come and get me. He sped off. Now, this was like maybe the first year, maybe two years of our marriage this was happening. She came over to get me, took me to her house, and she said, do you want me to call the police? And I said, no. I said, just take me to my mom's house. And that was my resolution. And, and he came to the home, and he sat there, and he was so remorseful. And eventually, I decided to go back with him. And that was, like I said, I was with him for nine years, married, nine years. Yeah. This was like maybe year one, year two. So for me, my mindset really was, this is how my life is supposed to be. Yeah. But I'm so grateful to your point, um, Corey, that God truly has brought me a long way. <laughs> There's so much I could share, but we don't have enough time. So I'll just speed up and I'll go into when I met my, when I met my husband. I don't like to say damage because I don't believe that I'm that so broken and we don't even realize how broken. We put extra pressure on those whole pieces to hold up the broken. And so I was really broken. I was, I was cute. I was getting my, you know, I'd get my hair done. I was taking care of my father and children. But relationships were repulsive. I would cry at the drop of the hat. And honestly, sometimes I would try to poke the bear because I was used to seeing love as a hand brought up towards me. So he was the opposite. He's meek. He doesn't like to argue. He kind of even shuts down. He does his silent treatment. I mean, he does a silent treatment better than any woman I have ever met in my life. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, he doesn't like that. He doesn't like to argue. He doesn't deal with conflict like that. But I took that as he doesn't love me. I took it as he must not love me because he's not shaking me and saying and yelling at me and doing the things that I was conditioned to accept as love, not just from my ex-husband, but from my own home, from my mom and from her, her husband, I was used to a certain way that love looked like when that wasn't even love, right? Um, and so it took some years for me to slowly start being able to process that something's wrong with me. Like, like my idea, my concept of being able to argue in a healthy way, all of my thoughts and my tools that I use, they were messed up and I had to learn a different way. I love that. I absolutely love that. You said a couple things though. You mentioned tools and that you had to change your mindset. So there's something that we all have to work on sometimes is changing that mindset because it is sometimes difficult to get along with our spouse because we all have different views, different opinions. But if yeah. we're able to change our own mindset and actually function with that, then we're functions a bad word. I use that word on my kids all the time. Function, function, literally thriving, becoming better. It yeah. can it can change so much for us if sure. you just change yeah. that mindset. Share, share with the listeners, what are some of those tools that allow you to have that shift in mindset to allow you to identify true love and what it feels like to be taken care of, to be nourished and be supported? What, what were some of those tools that you experienced? Because a lot of people have similar stories to you and they've 
just kind of okay that's what the my life is supposed to look like and they yeah. probably don't have the tools to even start to make that change so what were some of the tools that you used so I'll say to start with is that I don't know if you ever saw the movie interview with God, but in that movie interview with God, it's like this guy who just lost kind of faith. He went through some, some situations and he lost his faith and literally God comes and sits down and has an interview with them. And he's like, this is not real. So they make, they make appointments to me and he gets to ask all these types of questions. It's a very interesting movie because it's a lot of dialogue there and ask some things that we would normally want to ask. But at the end, one of the things he said was he believed in miracles, but he just stopped looking for them and he stopped listening for them. And so for me, I feel like I always knew God was always the center of my life. When I became a Christian, he was the center of my life. So even when I was going through all this tumultuous stuff, I still prayed to God, but I didn't expect him to do anything for me. I knew he was I knew he was a miracle worker. I knew he was all power and all knowing and, and all, all impotent and all this other stuff that you can read in the Bible. I just didn't think he would do it for me. And so when I got the opportunity to go to to go on tour and be with the Righteous Brothers for four years, he gave me such awesome opportunities to reshape my thinking. And so some of those things started before I ever met my husband, as far as me being able to say, well, I don't know how how valuable I am, but I know I don't want this type of lifestyle anymore. It was little baby steps that God took me through to help me see, you know what, I can do this. I, I don't have to be treated this way. I am worth something. Not sure how much, but I'm worth something. And then um, even when getting with my husband and, and going through and, and getting to a place where I said, I really need some help changing. One of the major things that I realized about myself that I suffered with, with anxiety and depression my emotions were all over the place. Right. I mean, I lived on, I like to say on simmer, like when you feel the stove and it's just on simmer, but you can just instantly make it hot. That is how my mentality was. So any type of thing that went wrong, I would just combust. And I just couldn't, I, I didn't know how to function. So I, had, I prayed and it sounds cheesy, but I, I would often pray, God, I need a miracle. Heal me, heal me. And one day it just popped me in the head, girl, go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. <laughs> so I, so I went to the doctor and I humbled myself and I was honest with that medical professional and I got to find out that I was clinically depressed and she helped me and put me on medicine. And that medicine helped me to calm my emotions to be able to start thinking clearly. So some things, I mean, there, I feel like there's no way to go through a tumultuous life without having some type of residue. You have to resolve that residue. I didn't know that, but but getting treated for depression was a part of resolve of, of dealing with that residue. And then from there, just getting into a good Bible study with with like-minded women, or taking in devotions, really working on myself, and just saying, being able to say, I know that I can be better. I don't really know how to be better, but I know I want to be. I started looking at affirmations. Everything that I've said so far has nothing to do with my husband, if you notice. So it was about me. I started getting affirmations. It started with one little affirmation that I put on my computer at work that said, you can do this. And then before I knew it, I had a bunch of affirmations around me, building me up. And those are the things that I needed to do. I, need to, I needed to be able to get rid of all the negative that had been told to me since I was a baby to be able to change that and say, I know I am somebody. I am worth it. I am this. I am that to help me build that inner confidence so that I could deal with situations. So there's something I want to bring up. She just said, none of this had anything to do with my husband. 
sometimes, so as most of you guys know, we work with couples, but we also work with individuals because it doesn't always have to be where both need to be working on something. It can be where one person is feeling down. They're feeling like you had said, like there was something off depression. You know, there, there's different things in everybody's life and it doesn't always have to be like, Oh, we're going to work together to fix this. It can be, Hey, you know what? I just need some boosting points to get some mindset back. Like I I feel like I'm failing in certain areas in my life. Like those are the things that you work on. And so I I think that's very important that you had said that. Well, and that, that's exactly the solution to strengthen the marriage or strengthen the business. You have to start with the things that you can control. You, your husband can't control your faith. He can't control your humility. He can support you. There's things in life that we just have to navigate or control ourselves. And there's five or six things that she really mentioned as tools that she used, and they're all very powerful. She talked about faith. She talked about humility. She talked about getting help. She talked, she didn't say the words no shame, but usually the people don't get help because of shame. So that's a huge factor there. She talked about community and she talked about belief. I can do better. And if you just follow that formula, regardless of how rough your circumstances are, you'll have the strength to overcome anything because in a marriage, when she talks about God, the exact formula for the short version of a successful marriage is God at the center, a husband and wife that love each other and love God. And think of it as a triangle. The, sp- the husband and wife are at the bottom corners of the base of the triangle. And as they yeah. get closer to God, the distance apart between the two of them shrinks and they become closer to God and they become closer to each other. So that, that just makes my heart so happy when she talked about faith and prayer and God. It is real. God hears and answers your prayers. You matter to God. You have a savior. Absolutely. You have and a savior, if, if Jesus Christ, that loves you, that knows you. And so matter, regardless of how challenging things are, you're never alone. Absolutely. If I can say a couple things, I, I would say, I mean, and like you said, you're enough, but you have to do the work, right? You you have to individually be willing to do that work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, like you said, my husband couldn't save me. Now he's a good guy and he's got his own flaws. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but, but it, it wasn't his, it wasn't for him to save me. And we all, we always pray, God, give me a blessing or give me this, give me that. But we have to be in a position mentally, physically, emotionally to be spiritually to be able to accept that blessing when he's trying to give it to us there's three things that i that are that's passionate to me and i think that you leaned on them Corey. everyone needs a safe place to fall you need like a, it's, it's like freaking out in the love zone everybody needs that place so if your family is not that safe place to fall if your husband isn't that safe place to fall sometimes there are things that you are going through that as much as your spouse loves you, they just can't relate because they didn't grow up that way. So it's it's up to you to find that safe place to fall, to be that vulnerable, right? And and knowing that it's not going to go anywhere. And if that's a counselor that you got to pay, then hey, let them earn their money <laughs> and do that. Another one is the victim mindset. I had to learn 
to adjust my mindset from a being a victim mindset to a victorious mindset. And that did not happen overnight. It was baby steps. Like I said, the affirmation, things of that sort to help me say, I don't have to be stuck here. At some point, I have to take ownership over my life and not keep making the same decisions, getting the same results, and then saying, why is this happening to me? And then lastly, it's being able to know that it's okay to not be okay, right? Not everybody has it together. It's okay to not be okay, but it is not okay to remain in that space. You're doing a disservice to yourself. You're doing a disservice to your family. You're doing a, a disservice to, to the blessings that God want to give you. You have to take ownership of your own life. I love that. That is such a powerful message. And one thing that I want to challenge anybody that hears this episode is that marriage is 100, 100. A lot of times you hear marriage is 50, 50. And that's not true because when I talk about marriage is 100%, 100%. If each individual in the marriage will give their very, very best that they have to give that day, that's the 100% that they have to give. Amen. And, ho- and hopefully when I only, when I'm on a down day, when I'm not okay, when I'm really struggling and I only have 20% of my full capacity to give, Hopefully Jojo is not also having a bad day, but if she does, then we'll figure out how to take her 20% and take my 20% and allow the Lord to fill in the gap for the rest. But the, the thing is, if we will just get a mindset that I can do the best that I can do with the circumstances that I have, with the energy that I have, with the problems that I'm struggling with right now, I'll give my very best my spouse can get the very best and then collectively as a team, we can figure out what we need to do to pick us up, pick ourselves up off the floor and to move forward. And that is such a powerful message and so amazing to think. Another thing you mentioned earlier is about your husband couldn't save you, but you had to save yourself. But when we're humble enough to ask for help, that's where a marriage can really become powerful when we're, when we go to our spouse and be like, okay, these are the things that I'm struggling with. These are the needs that I have. These are the things that I can do. This is what you can do to help lighten my burden. That's where the magic happens in a marriage. So I'm so very grateful for you today, Fatima, to share this message with us and share this power and this um, emotion and, and connection with you today. Will the stories in, in the advice that you provided are are great and they're very powerful and we'll probably need to do round two because <laughs> you had because you had such great wisdom and I hope that anybody that listened today really can find hope that regardless of how tough your circumstances are if yeah, you will just take, if you will just take one more step forward and then one more step forward eventually as you take enough steps you'll leave the trials, you'll leave the struggles behind and you'll be in a better place. Can I just share something? So before we wrap up, but I want to challenge everyone that's listening to take those baby steps, find one thing that you can improve, whether it's with your spouse or alone individually or with your spouse, just like Fatima did to change something in your life and take that baby step forward. So that's our challenge today for everybody is to make one thing 
find one thing that you can change, whether it's you have a poor tone of voice with your spouse or whether it's you feel like you're not including your spouse in the business or whether it's you feel like you're just down a lot. Maybe get a doctor's appointment, you know? Maybe it's you fight a lot with your spouse. Schedule a call, like, you know? So that's just take one baby step and write it down and reevaluate it at the end of the week. How did I do on this baby step? What adjustments do I need to make? And if there's lots of adjustments that need to be made, then maybe shrink it down smaller, make it a smaller step. And every week evaluate where you're at in that baby step. How do, the, how do our listeners find you? What, how do they find your book? And I think we will have to do a round two of this podcast because <laughs> there were so many good things, but I want to, I, I really like how you kept this kind of individualized. So we'll do a round two probably with, uh, talking about you and your spouse. But I think this was perfect because it doesn't always have to involve our spouse. It yeah, doesn't always absolutely. have to, you know, growth happens. However, growth is going to happen. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How do I, nothing changes, nothing yeah. changes until your mind changes. So for sure. Exactly. And then the spouse can come in to, accomp- to accompany you. But how you can find me is well, right now, my greatest adventure right now is my book. So self-published. Yes, it is on Amazon. You can get it in paperback or ebook version, but the name of the book is The Prescription is in the Dirt. And that is basically talking about some of the things that we talked about here, a bunch of other stuff that, uh, yeah, you got to read it. <laughs> but at the end of it all, it's about that prescription, the healing that comes from dealing with all of the, that, that dirty stuff that we don't like to talk about. Um, again, it's on Amazon, but you can also find me on Facebook, Fatima Oliver, on Instagram, Fatima Oliver 1975. I don't know why they had to put that there, but yeah, it's right. All the extra and, stuff. Uh, right. And then LinkedIn, also Reddit, Fatima Oliver. So I really would love to hear people um, just the book. I would love to hear your stories. Definitely reach out to me to, to just let me know that you got it and also how it impacted you. Yes. And if you can't find her, you can also message us and find us and we we got you connected. Don't you worry. Thanks for listening to another episode of Strong Business, Stronger Marriage. Be sure to click subscribe right now. And we would love it if you could do us a quick favor. Please rate and review our podcast. This will help other entrepreneurs who want to strengthen their marriage and business find our content. To schedule a call, go to ourfamilystrong.best and join us on the inside at our free Facebook group, Strong Business, Stronger Marriage. Join us next time on Strong Business, Stronger Marriage.